Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey, guys, welcome back to the show. Or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. I needed a break. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know it's been a week, and I know a bunch of you have, like, jumped into my DMs and are like, sis, where's the pod? I'm sorry, y'all. Last week, I was traveling with my family um we went to go visit um my husband's family y'all's favorite um I don't think I don't know that Earl's y'all's favorite I understand I get it he's hilarious that's why I married him well that's one of the reasons why I married him um he's funny he's insightful I get it um he don't want he told me he don't want to be talking to y'all like that and I told him like you need to I was like you need to go talk to the people they like you talk to the people they are friendly they are wonderful um and they enjoy your company and he's being, he's being selfish right now. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. He told me he would love to come back on the show. So we'll figure something out to get us both back on the show. Um, but yes, we were traveling last week with the little, um, and if you've ever tra- traveled with a toddler, you understand. And if you've never traveled with a toddler, don't just don't, um, especially a, uh, social chatty toddler like ours. We had a specific plan to leave and do a midnight run from Philly to um, just outside of Charlotte, right? Had a whole plan. Had it all figured out. Had it all figured out, right? So we get her all situated from the Philly run. (laughs) Get her in the car. Get her all situated. Get her all prepared. Um, She goes back to sleep. Like, oh, thank God, okay? Not realizing that... uh, My wonderful and usually technologically savvy husband has put the car seat in wrong. Not so much that the car seat is in wrong, like dangerously, but that she's sitting up way too straight. And the only reason why she went to sleep is back to sleep is because she was exhausted. She wakes back up literally maybe two hours later and she starts whispering to me in the dark and I was asleep. So (laughs) that was fun. And then she got car sick, which was also fun. Um, we didn't figure it out until we finally pulled over just outside of where we needed to be, where our final stop was, uh, because I had to change her and stuff like that um, after she was car sick and everything. And I was like, you need to leave the car seat backwards. You got to lean it back a little more. And he's like, well, no, she's a big girl. She she needs to sit up. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, no, she's still kind of a baby. Long and the short. Car seat. <laughs> car seat. Um so that was our trouble coming, going down. Um, needless to say, uh, when we pulled over at 5.30, she's, she instantly went back to sleep at 5.30 and then um, didn't wake up again until the end of the trip, until we were pulling into our destination. Um, so I was like, yeah, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Like, if you want to lay down, like if you're tired, you want to lay down. Plus, it probably hurt her tummy to be sitting all straight. You know, she's, she's only 17 months, guys. She's still a little kid. Anyway, long and short. On the way back, there was no excuse. Everything was comfy. She had had a bath before, and usually that helps her get to sleep. Um, so, you know, we wake her up at midnight. I get her diaper changed. I get her all car seat ready. Everything is ready. Everything is ready. We say goodbye. Give our hugs and kisses. We pull out. We start driving. This little sucker is up, and she just wants to talk. 
She just wants to chat. She wants to let us know that we are driving around in the dark. She wants to let us know that her toy, um, she wants her toy. I give her her snuggle toy. I give her the wrong snuggle toy, the one that lights up and talks to her. So then she's having fun with that. And then she's putting her pacifier in the cup holder and she's clapping because, you know, when little kids find something that fits into a shape, they clap. They get very excited about that. Basically, I spent the first five minutes of the show describing why you shouldn't travel with a toddler, but it was very pleasant otherwise. Um, she got to see all of her, well, not all of her Southern family, but she got to see um, a few members of her Southern family. Um, and we will be back in June doing all of this all over again. So pray for your girl. But yeah, I needed a break after that. I was like, I can't record. I can't possibly there's nothing I have to say to these people that will be coherent um, and worthy of the time that they have given me, you know, money. If you lose money, you can, you can always make money back. You can, you can pretty much make money back. Um, money is replaceable, but time, mm -mm. time is one of those valuable, valuable, valuable things because what you spend your time on, you spend your life on, you know? Um, so yeah. I didn't want to waste y'all's time. I'm like, I'm incoherent. I need a nap. I'm going to do a little bit of work and then I'm going to sleep. So yes. And it has taken me literally a week to recover <laughs> because here I am still tired with a jumbo size cup of coffee. Um, talking to y'all. So, but I appreciate you guys for coming back, um, for tuning into the show. We got a lot to catch up on. We got a lot to talk about. So let's get right to it. Let's get to these church announcements. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. All right, let's get into these church announcements. So, where to begin? <laughs> um, all right, let's start with let's start with some nonsense. So, Y'all's favorite, um, incredibly problematic billionaire. I'm like, which one? Which one? Um, well, you know, it's not Rihanna, but we are talking about Rihanna later. Um, Elon Musk. Yeah. Who's still having prob problems over at Tesla, you know, with all the claims of, of racism and like blatant, blatant racism that went unchecked for, months and months at a time, still having issues with that, decided that he was going to spend something like 43, I believe $43 billion, you know, something that could have, you know, solved world hunger, something that could have possibly accelerated research on any, any illness, pick one, pick one, probably cured it. He decided he wanted to buy Twitter. $43 billion. And he wants to buy Twitter. Um, so he bought it uh, because white, rich, powerful men um, with money uh, can own the world. They apparently could just buy whatever they want. They can buy an entire platform by which, you know, we, well, not we, because I'm not part of Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm not part of Twitter. But by which people have worked to create not just you know, an audience, but like their communities, their voices, people have done their advocacy work, people have done their social justice work um, on this platform. And here comes a person 
who, you know, their views are questionable at best. And now they own your platform. Um, and it feels like it's going to go the same way as like Facebook and, and, um, Instagram, you know, where you can barely post those types of things without getting blocked or having shadow bans or, you know, allowing hateful people to go unchecked. In fact, I actually just saw a mutual of mine, trigger warning content, trigger warning content. Um, I'm about to speak about an incident I believe is violence and racism, but I wanted to make sure I put out a trigger warning. Um, so a mutual of mine posted, I believe yesterday at the time I'm recording this, I am recording this on Tuesday morning and I'm sorry, y'all. I know I usually have everything out by Tuesday morning. Y'all give, give girl a break. It's a lot going on. Um, but yes, Monday she posted a tweet where someone came into her Instagram DMs and basically misspelled, purposefully misspelled the world's word so they wouldn't get in trouble, um, by Instagram because um, they didn't technically say the slur, but they basically said the N-word to her and said, N-word lives don't matter and sent her a photo of a man hanging from a tree. That's the type of violence that happens to people who do the work that we do every single day. That's the type of violence that happens when you're minding your GD business. I remember at the, you know, when when we were all starting to, you know, People were seeing the George Floyd video. Um, At the time, there were whispers of what happened to Ahmaud Arbery. There were whispers of what happened to Breonna Taylor at the time. Um, Before we got any, you know, there was there had been any more discourse about that those situations. Um, And I remember being on TikTok and people were saying just terrible things, terrible things to people. I had a mutual of mine who. Their very their new baby was threatened. Their new baby was threatened. Someone said they're going to George Floyd this person's baby, their infant. Um, and my mutual ended up leaving for some time, left the platform for some time. And I, I totally understand that. If someone threatened my child's life, please. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And people don't realize those things are illegal. Like you can't make threats like that <laughs> on the Internet. Like that's illegal. You can, you can go to jail. You can do some prison time you could at least lose some money um but people feel like the internet is lawless and you know for the most part it is there's not a lot of accountability you know people think they can say and do and write and 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 expound and retract and spew as much as they want and that's actually not true and you can get in a lot of trouble for the things you say um, especially on platforms like Twitter, where all it takes is a screenshot. All it takes is a screenshot. All it all it takes is a screenshot, and you think that these big old apps can't trace back your Finsta <laughs> to who you are and your IP address? You think that's that's not possible? Just because they aren't doing it doesn't mean they can't do it. Because in certain situations, I've seen them do it. So. But that's the type of violence I'm talking about. And that's the type of violence that was largely removed from the platform. And with Elon Musk, a lot of us feel like, oh, no, like this is what's going to come back. You know, it puts a lot of accounts and users like myself at risk for a constant barrage of hate um, and vitriol. So we'll see what the next few days are like. I may stay. I may not stay. I have not said anything like if I was going to just outright leave 
uh, because I, you know, we built such a dope community over there. Um, the content may shift. I'm not necessarily thinking about changing my content. Cause like I talk about what I talk about when I want to talk about it. And that's the freedom that I, you know, enjoy and possess. And I don't want to shift that, um, for fear of, you know, random trolls or the hateful. We're going to be transparent here, but you know, your girl is really about protecting her peace. Um, you know, I got, I got lots of reasons to protect my peace, my mental health, you know, my, my, just me, you know, taking care of me, um, taking care of my family. Like I can't ha be constantly surrounded by toxicity and then go play with my kid. Like that's not the way I want to operate my life going forward. So we'll see. <clears throat> like I said, you guys, there's always ways to reach out to me. There's always a there's always a way off of these social media platforms to reach out to me. I have my own blog. We have this podcast right here. I have my email address, which I have given out to you guys. And we have this Patreon. This Patreon um, community is probably going to become even more important because at least we can, we can keep, you know, the dialogue and the things that we talk about safe and we can keep us safe from, you know, receiving messages to say that N words don't matter. Um, and receiving, uh, violent pictures in our, in our direct messages. So the worst direct message I ever got was somebody calling me fat and ugly. And I was like, all right, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> I'm not cute to everybody. I'm cute to me though. I think that I'm very cute. I hope you think that you're very cute too. Um, no matter what any weirdo, um, with no profile pic and three followers, um, not to mess with anyone's followers because followers don't determine worth guys. Like we got to stop that. But the randos on the internet say <laughs> about you. I hope you think that you're cute too. I don't care what you got on. I don't care what your hair looks like. You should see what my hair looks like. I just took off this bonnet and sis is giving, is giving, please wash me. So <laughs> That's the mood we're in. Um, moving along to the church and to the rest of the church announcements, let's talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. So, I have per, I have been trying to avoid the topic of the January sixth commission because it feels like it's moving slower than molasses in January. I don't understand why there's aren't there isn't more arrests. I want to see people in jail. I want to see people in handcuffs, handcuffs. <laughs> I per, I'm saying it wrong in, on purpose, but um, I'm seeing. I want to see people in handcuffs. I want to see people going to jail, going to prison for the insurrection. I don't feel like you should be an elected official and have had anything to do with the overthrowing of the government. I think that's common sense. I just think that's a common sense notion. You can't be part of the government that you tried to overthrow. I don't think that's cool. Um, so, yeah, y'all. Um, did y'all know that Marjorie Taylor Greene ran unopposed? She ran unopposed. That's how she got there. This is why we need to make sure that our voices are heard in all elections, all of them, all of them. This is why I keep trying to tell y'all it's beyond the presidential vote. Yes, we got Trump out, but we didn't get the Trumpism out. You know, people are still using his name, his image and his his flag as a beacon for those who hold his values or the values he pretended to hold, because let's be honest and let's be real for anyone who's been paying attention. They know that man does not care about those people. <laughs> he does not care about those people. They gave him an audience. They gave him a platform. He cares nothing about those people. He wanted to be part of the elite and the elite, elite saw through him. 
And that's why he went, he went to where he went to, to talk to the people who would listen. And you know, the rest is history, but these, the thing about his crew is that they will show up. They show up to the elections. They show up to the the school board meetings. They show up and they're loud. They're very, very vocal where, you know, we have a tendency to be more vocal with our votes. They have a tendency to be more vocal overall. You know, they're complaining about the, the dreaded three letters that we've been talking about a lot, CRT, um, even though... Like I said, your kids ain't learning CRT. They're learning about other people's cultures and other people's heritages and other people's um, preferences and other people's religions because that that is what the world is comprised of. And if you want to have a hateful, small-minded child, then you hold, withhold these things from them. But if you want a child to realize, hey, I am just one person in a world full of people and here's how... I can contribute and here is how I can be a part of it, then yes, you wouldn't mind your kid learning about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, but that's neither here nor there about the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing. Let's get hop back on her. Um, oh, by the way, I just learned that someone, because I, I was going somewhere with that and I got lost in the weeds. Um, I just learned that somebody is uh, looking to unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I personally... I'm excited. I am thrilled. I am elated. Um, I'm currently looking for this name because like I said, Marjorie, she ran unopposed. She ran unopposed. And I don't think (sighs) to think that if there was just some other option that people could have chosen differently. Oh, his name is Marcus Flowers. Marcus Flowers. He qualified for the ballot um, and he tweeted about it back in March and Marcus, black dude, is looking forward to in 244 days at the time of the tweet. He said, I will unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene. And listen, 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 y'all need to make that happen. Y'all need to make that happen. I'm going to go ahead and follow him because I want to follow this journey. I want to follow this journey. So, yep, 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 yep. Go Marcus. Um, <clears throat> on, He's a... Running in Georgia, by the way. Georgia, y'all got a lot of work to do, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> y'all got a lot of attention. I just heard, I promise I'm going to get back to Marjorie Taylor Greene. I just heard that y'all had, um, I don't know if it was a gubernatorial debate. I promise you I could say that word. Um, between Brian Kemp and who was the old dude that ran for Senate and then lost? also in Georgia. Um, and that guy, he straight up came out of nowhere, straight up came out of nowhere and said, yeah, the election was rigged, rigged. It was stolen, blah, 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 blah. Um, like, oh, so we're, we're still continuing this lie years later. We're, we're still continuing this lie years, years later. What, what are we, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Boy. Um, Let's see. Oh, yes. David Perdue. There it is. Um, So Brian Kemp uh, is apparently uh, the current governor of Georgia is facing off against David Perdue, who wanted to run in the Georgia GOP primary. Um, Apparently, Brian Kemp still has a massive lead. We will see if that continues. Um, 
We'll see what's going on with that. Then meanwhile, um, Brian Kemp in the middle of the GOP debates, um, had to shout out Stacey Abrams because <laughs> Stacey Abrams is somewhere minding her own business, enjoying the fact that she and so many countless others, like we cannot, we cannot overstate the amount of people who were involved in this. It was not just Stacey Abrams, but she led the charge in this. Um, but you know, Stacey Abrams and the crew that worked with her. Wow. Um, showed showed what democracy looks like, you know, in making massive and critical change, making voting um, accessible, making sure people are registered to vote, making sure people know where to vote, making sure people have the information that they need to vote, that type of stuff. And they changed that state blue. They changed that state blue for the, um, for the presidential election. Now let's see what happens with this gubernatorial race? Because like I said, Stacy is running again. Stacy is running again. And <laughs> they stole an election from her in in previous years. And she turned to state blue. If they steal this election again, she gonna run for president. She gonna win. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that I will see Stacey Abrams somewhere very, very big, very, very soon. Like I just... I applaud her. I really do applaud her. I love how she's like unapologetically her. I love that, you know, people can say and do, you know, cause people are going to say mean things. People are going to say the nasty things. I love that she doesn't even stoop. She's like, all right, well, I'm still the smartest in this dialogue. <laughs> I'm still the most prepared in this dialogue without saying it, of course. Um, you know, just being present and refocusing on the issues and saying, Hey, we're still, this is what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, Brian Kemp in the middle of it, he said, um, of the debate said, I'm just here to make sure that Stacey Abrams doesn't end up as your governor. And I'm like, <clears throat> wow, way to, way to stoke the fear of, of black leadership. God forbid a black woman lead a state in 20, what, 22. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, back, back, <laughs> back to Marjorie Taylor Greene. See, I told you I'm following rabbits today. Marjorie Taylor Greene got brought in by the January 6th commission. I, and like I already told you guys, I don't want to talk about too much about the January 6th commission because I'm frustrated because I haven't seen enough arrests. I haven't seen enough, um, stuff happening. I know there's stuff happening. I know my legal friends are like Whitney. There's things happening. I want to see more. I want to see big dramatics. I want to see a law and order style arrest where the horns start playing in the background and the strings slowly come up. As you slowly watch folks like Mark Meadows, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ivanka, her brothers, her husband, <laughs> um, and finally that dude that shall not be mentioned on my show anymore because he drives me crazy and I can't believe that he's still a problem, but of course he is, um, let out in handcuffs for trying to overthrow the government. I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not, but I like, I would love to see it. There was, see, let me not say it's not going to happen because it was a time where people told me that a black president wasn't going to happen. Um, y'all got time for a quick story. Let me tell you a quick story. When I was in university, after I had crossed into the illustrious sorority of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, um, I held a forum for our, <clears throat> for our, you know, just black student league, I mean, black student union, 
Um, and we were chatting it up about if we were ready for a black president. And a lot of folks my age, my age said, no, we weren't ready for it. And it was, it was really interesting and eye opening because I was like, well, why not? Why aren't we ready for it? And I didn't think that it was a revolutionary idea. I'm like, well, you know, black people are just as capable as anybody. You know, we have just as capable people. I'm not saying more and I'm not saying less. I'm saying just as, you know, like we have just as brilliant minds as anyone, and let's just be fair, let's just be real, and let's just be honest, a lot of those presidents, a lot of those people in government, they want y'all to think that they're a little bit more brilliant. Like, think about it. Barack Obama had to be <laughs> the pinnacle of all pinnacles of people, not just black people, people, you know, um, top of the Harvard Law Review had to have this credential and that recommendation and this and that and this and that um, couldn't has. Um, couldn't have any missing library books and all these types of things like that. Couldn't have a speeding ticket, you know, where you look at Trump. I said I wasn't going to mention his name on my show, but here we are. Um, and yeah. The phrase comes to mind that you can't compete where you don't compare. But... All he had to do was be white and loud, you know? So, um, but yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, got pulled in by the January 6th commission. They, she apparently didn't know that the hearings were supposed to be, um, public, which, you know, court issues and matters like, unless it's like a sealed situation, I believe there, and my, all my legal friends are like, Whitney, you you don't know anything about law. You're right. I don't. That's why I have my legal friends. And that's why y'all write into the show and educate me. Um, but what my understanding is, is that these things are matters of public record. And so she's bemoaning and crying all on Twitter and social media about how there's going to be cameras in the court and this and that and how she's appalled that, you know, that that Hollywood is trying to make her look bad and stuff like that. And it's like, First of all, it's not Hollywood. This this is the media. This is different. This is a different. So if you're going to if you're going to point fingers and try to make something seem big and scary, you know, be correct. Like the movie makers aren't in there. <laughs> it's not people who make the movies. It's the people who put out the news like anyway. Um, so, yeah, apparently she uh, she perjured herself on the stand because there were several different questions asked of her, but the one that everyone is focused on uh, where she perjured herself, there were several, but the one that everyone's focused on is someone asked, uh, um, the prosecution asked if she remembered, if she said anything about martial law and I mean, not if she remembered, but, um, something about martial law and her suggesting it or requesting it during the insurrection. And she said, I don't remember a thing about that. Meanwhile, guess what we have? Text messages. We have text messages to Mark Meadows. Um, I believe he was the chief of staff of the last president's administration's um, administration. So yeah, she had, she texted him and said martial law and misspelled it, but it was, it, that's neither here nor there. Um, requesting martial law during... <laughs> the insurrection attempt very 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 interesting um so yeah she perjured herself she totally knew that she said it 
and she's sitting up there lying. I don't recall. I don't remember. I don't think I did. Uh, mm -mm, no, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God or whoever you pray to, whoever you believe in, um, whoever you believe, you know, your help comes from, cause you're going to need some help. Marjorie, um, shout out to Marcus. Can't wait <laughs> to you unseat this crazy lady. Um, finally in the church announcements, let's talk about Mike, Mike Tyson. Now, <laughs> Mike Tyson has been nothing but a house cat these last few years. Peaceful, don't really cause no trouble, don't really do too much, you know, try to keep everything, you know, has his little podcast, is enjoying his best life is, you know, just being Mike Tyson, you know, enjoying some fame, reading some books, taking pictures with people, living his life like he's golden. I heard that he's in love with somebody. I'm like, look at you. Like, I love it. This is not the Mike Tyson I grew up with. The Mike Tyson I grew up with was a, was, was to be feared, to be feared. Yes. I believe his hands were registered as weapons. But Mike Tyson was not to be fooled with, not to be messed with, and certainly not to be talked about in public spheres. Now, that was before any social media, but like I can imagine like if people were, you know, talking like I would I would not. I would not talk about Mike Tyson. But like I said, Mike Tyson in the last few years, at least the last ten, has been largely unproblematic just very you know chill you know he um like I said he has his podcast and I believe he recently gathered one Bootsy uh for talking bad and frequently about Lil Nas X and you know got asked him some serious questions about you know his own sexuality I'm like why are you so focused on you know this this gay young man like do you want him like asking the vital questions. Mike Tyson has garnered some of my respect, like not all of it. Cause there's some, some issues, but you know, no one's perfect. But at the same time, like there's some real issues that need to be addressed, but that's neither here nor there. We let people grow and develop. Um, so recently Mike Tyson was on a flight minding his own business, minding his own business. Uh, and you know, a gentleman asked to take a picture, asked to talk to him and stuff like that. And he's on a flight, you know, when I'm on a flight, I want to be left alone. I'm in my comfy clothes. Um, I'm probably going to be wearing a mask, especially going forward. I don't care what your favorite airline says. There is still a global pandemic and this is still recycled air. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, gross. Um... Yeah. So he's on a flight. Apparently this guy who's talking to him, it gets belligerent, gets abusive, gets, starts harassing him, starts po pointing at him, yelling in the back of his head as he's sitting in his seat. Mike Tyson's trying to be calm. Mike Tyson says, leave me alone, leave me alone. And then you could see in the video that he is, you know, he's sitting forward. He's like trying to like, stay calm you know he's trying to keep to be the adult in this situation meanwhile this uh, this guy is very belligerent clearly under the influence of some substance I don't know what it is if it's just ego and and tequila or something else but he's under the influence of something long and the short the video I saw 
because I didn't see this initial video of, of this man harassing Mike Tyson. The initial video I saw was Mike Tyson putting paws. Like I said, he's been a house cat, but he was putting paws on this man and wasn't even giving him the business because Mike Tyson is Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson could do what Mike Tyson does. And when I say he was just pawing him around a bit, pawing him around like a bit, you know, like you've seen a cat like paw around like a yarn ball or like a foil ball because you know cats like that type of stuff um especially if you fill a foil ball with um catnip um but yeah he was just pawing him around i'm like no mike tyson could have did worse mike tyson could have maimed this man mike tyson could have knocked this man out um and i'm like oh my god why is mike tyson putting hands on people why is it what is going on and in my mind i'm like mm there's more to the story <laughs> mike tyson wouldn't just be beating somebody up on a plane he just that's not mm -mm. nope there's something else there's something else and i'm glad i waited before i shared my opinion which a lot of y'all need to learn for the next set of stories i'm getting ready to talk about because then this video emerged of him of this guy being belligerent being just outright verbally harassing mike tyson on this flight and i'm like where are the where where are the where are the flight attendants to break this up? Where are the people who are supposed to be, you know, mitigating this situation? Where are the people who are supposed to be making sure that everyone has a good flight? Why is this man in his intoxicated state allowed on this flight? Why are y'all acting up on planes? What is wrong with y'all? Sitting in first class, losing your mind. I can understand coach because it's a little tight. It's a little it's a little squeeze, squeeze. Um you know, I get that. But like, come on, you're sitting in the wealthy seats. Like, chill out. It's a flight. Enjoy yourself. Relax. Cut on a movie. Take a nap. I always love taking a nap on a flight. Why are we harassing the celebrities? Why? Leave him alone. And so everybody comes out with, oh, no, Mike, it doesn't matter what this guy did. It's it, all about the violence and the violence that was committed against this man. And Mike Tyson is wrong. Mike Tyson came out and said that he was wrong. He said that he was wrong. He said that he shouldn't have lost his cool like that. He said that. But at the same time, are we not accounting for the harassment of this man? It wasn't like this man just came and sat down behind him and Mike Tyson just put paws on him. No, Mike Tyson was was kind enough to take a picture with him, kind enough to talk to him. And then even to the point of his own annoyance was like, all right, you know, that's enough. Like, I would really like to just enjoy my flight. Put a boundary up, put a boundary up. And this guy couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle the, the, couldn't handle the fact that this guy, that Mike Tyson put up a boundary. And so now I'm a harass you because you're supposed to be here for my entertainment. You're supposed to dance when I say dance. You're supposed to entertain me and make me feel good and make me feel, uh, I'm supposed to be the one to dismiss you, not the other way around. Forgetting that celebrities are people, human beings and deserving of respect just because they've entertained you once doesn't mean that that's like their whole entire being. <sighs> and I think that a lot of people are coming out with these statements of like, well, it doesn't matter what Mike Tyson did. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what this guy did because Mike Tyson he shouldn't have put hands on him. Mike, Ty like I said, Mike Tyson said that he shouldn't have put hands on him. But we all have to agree that this this gentleman is culpable. He threw a water bottle at Mike Tyson. He was saying all of these just verbally harassing this man on a plane. Nobody stopped it. In fact, somebody was filming it and laughing about it, joking about it. Meanwhile, this 
Mike Tyson is a human being. Like, there's only so far a person can go. Like, there's only so much tolerance a person has. It's understandable. I don't like it, but it's understandable. I totally get it. I totally understand why Mike Tyson put pause on this man. Um, But the problem is a lot of y'all don't want to be held accountable for what you say. I grew up in a time, and this is going to make me sound old and fogey, but I grew up in a time at the tail end of the fair one, tail end of the fair one, where, you know, folks weren't just shooting each other and stuff like that. No, no, no. You, you had to go and fight somebody. Like if you had all this mouth and all this stuff to say, you had to back that up when someone came and checked you on it. You had to go back that up with your lefty and your right. You know, with your southpaw and your, and your right hook. You had to figure it out. Now, I personally have never been in a fight. You know why? Because I'm not out here being mouthy and being harassing and doing all the crazy. Never, never. No, no, no. Not me. No, no. You know why? Because like I said, I grew up in the time of the fair one. <laughs> and you will be held accountable for the things that you say. And the deeper thing, the deeper issue is, Folks don't want to be held accountable for the things that they say. See, people have been comfy in their houses and become even more. They were already this before, but they become even more of Twitter trolls with their thumbs just going and saying whatever they want and thinking that there's no accountability, just lawless, just acting a fool across the internet and thinking that their words have no meaning, that their words don't hold sway, that their words have no power. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that words, words mean things. And if you're going to say fighting words, you better be prepared to fight. No, no, no. Don't pull out the chopper. Don't be a coward and hide behind some weapon. Pull out your fist. You had all that mouth. Let's go. And like I said, I'm not an advocate for violence, but I am an advocate for getting your point across. Mike Tyson, in my opinion, was defending himself. In my opinion. Like I said, he could have torn this man limb from limb. That's Mike Tyson's legacy. Like, he, like I said, he's been a house cat, chill, relaxed, enjoying himself, being personable, taking the photos, doing all the things, getting all the love because Mike Tyson. But Mike Tyson has a limit like anybody else. And the fact that no one was coming to stop this, this person from verbally harassing someone, which is also a crime. It is also a crime to harass people. Just as, well, I wouldn't say just as much as assault, but it is also a crime. And the fact that nobody stood up, nobody said anything, nobody tried to pull these two apart. His friends were across the aisle laughing. I, actually, I don't know. Let me take that back. I don't know if that, those were his friends or just people who were also enjoying their flight and recording it because they couldn't believe what was happening. Um, but yeah, I think Mike Tyson was defending himself and I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for saying that. So here we are with things, y'all. Um, that's it for the church announcements. Let's get into this mess and message. All right, let's get into this church announcements. Everyone come in and have a seat. Let's talk. Um, so I don't know if you guys have been following on across my social media, but I recently posted a a rant. I'm gonna be honest. It was a complete rant. Um, and it got picked up by Zora. Shout out to Zora, um, on medium, wonderful publication. If you guys want to read some pretty insightful 
and I'm not talking about my stuff. I'm talking about other people because this was a clear rant and I'm surprised they picked it up, but I'm so happy. Thank you. Um, uh, really insightful pieces on race and womanhood and sexuality and like diversity and inclusion. Um, if you really want to read that type of stuff, like in here from POC voices, um, that is the place to go. But I, yeah, I wrote a piece on can a, can a white woman write about trap feminism? And you may be wondering, um, if you don't know this story or have not seen the post, um, you're like, Whitney, what are you talking about? So there is a professor named Dr. Jennifer Buck. And she wrote a book that was supposed to be published by Whipped and Stocked, Stock, rather, um, called Bad and Bougie, B-O-U-J-E-E. There's a reason why I spelled it out, and I'll get to that later. Um, toward a f- Trap Feminist Theology. And it was supposed to be released this past, oh, I'm sorry, it, yeah, it's supposed to be released. It is currently being dragged through the proverbial mud across the internet. And you're wondering, probably wondering, like, well, why? What's wrong with this? Um, Well, you heard the title, Bad Bougie Toward a Trap Feminist Theology, right? There is a black woman with natural hair on the cover, um, I believe wearing like a black top or a black coat of some sort, beautiful black woman on the cover, right? And you would think that this book was written by a black woman. No, this book was not written by a black woman. Jennifer, Jennifer Buck, Dr. Jennifer Buck is white she is writing about a subset of black feminism or womanism called trap feminism this is a subset um this is a this is this would be a a a portion a part of overall womanism black um, or black feminism um if you're confused you're not alone there's a lot of people who are out there like wait a minute what is happening what is going on what are we talking about uh, one of whom is one of my favorite people to follow, Candace Marie Benbell. Um, shout out to her. Um, I'm going to talk about a piece that she wrote um, and why you guys need to um, get acquainted with her. But yes, she tweeted, and this is how I found out about it. She tweeted, I know, in all caps, I know a white woman did not write a book about trap feminist theology. I know she did not. I know that did not happen. Um... I said, excuse me, trap feminist theology by a white woman. Let me go research this. So I start walking around in the internet streets doing my little research thing. And I came and I found, and I said, oh, oh no, oh no, 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 no. This is wrong. Um, and so why is it wrong? A bunch of people have asked me, why is it wrong that a, a professor of theology, a person who is studying various forms of faith. Why can't this person write about black feminist theology or trap feminist theology? Because not all black feminist theology um, is trap feminist theology. Like that's, that's specific. There's a specific thing that's happening about trap. I, me, Whitney cannot write about trap, anything, nothing trap. So any potential uh, publisher or anything like that who wants to reach out, I can point you to somebody who could write about it better. I can help facilitate some of these interviews, but I, me, Whitney, no, I cannot write about anything trap. 
at all. I don't know the trap. I'm not from the trap. I couldn't tell you a whole bunch of different things about trap. There's a specific reason why I'm trying to say that. There's a reason why, because if we, if we start, if we think that every black person is from a certain area, if we think that every black person is from a certain um, experience, then we're doing nothing but stereotyping people, right? There's various experiences, even within the black experience. And, you know, there's no one way to be black. I always say there's no one way to be black. Um, And so that's why I would point to people who have a better grasp, who have a better understanding, who have a better view um, than I, because I don't, and I wouldn't write this. And that, and I've heard other writers say like, yeah, I wouldn't write this either. That's not, I don't, I don't have an understanding about that, which begs the question. If black folks (laughs) who have the right to talk about black things have taken themselves out of this conversation by saying, you know what? I don't know enough. That ain't my ministry. That ain't my, that, that is not my, that is not my thing, you know, but I can point you to some people who can, who could better facilitate that. Um, and I can assist. Um, if black folks are doing that, why didn't this white woman? Why? Um, and so to the people who say like, Hey, can a white woman, why can't a white woman talk about black feminism, feminism? Sure. She could talk about it. She could talk all day about it. She could, I don't know who she's going to talk to. I don't know who, I don't know what she's going to do outside of either amplifying black voices or steal from them, which in this case was a thing. Um, and I'll just get, I'll get to that in a second, but I don't know what else she's going to either add to the conversation or, you know, illuminate further, but sure. She could talk about it, write a book on the topic where she can profit from it. I mean, nobody stopped her, you know, including the publisher of the book Cascade Books, which is an imprint of whipped and stocked stock. Rather, I keep doing that. Why stock? There's no T at the end of stock, Whitney. Um, No one is stopping institutions like Yale Divinity School from awarding her ten thousand dollars for this project. A grant that could have gone to a woman of color, a black woman, a black woman. Let's be specific because person of color a woman of color does not equate to black women like women of color covers a lot of folks and I keep wanting to do a show on why saying something of color is not the flex that we think remind me y'all we're gonna get to it um but yes nobody is stopping no one is stopping institutions from awarding her thousands of dollars in this case ten thousand dollars which could have gone to a black woman theologian to write this to write this work No one is stopping her from thinking that she could be the voice to write this work, right? This is only further illustrated by the description of the book. Let me read you the description of the book. The the description goes, this book engages with the overlap of black experience, hip hop, music, ethics, and feminism to focus on a subsection known as trap feminism um, and construct a trap feminist theology. Interacting with the concept of moral agency, resistance, and imagination, trap feminist theology seeks to build an intersectional theology emphasizing women's agency in their bodies and sexuality while also remaining faithful to the trap context 
from which they are socially located. Such a project will redefine the trap context from one of marginalization to one of joy and flourishing within the black feminist theology. This theology overlaps with black ethics in a subversive empowerment in a subversive empowerment that forms a new normative ethic and family system. I can't read anymore. I got lost. Um, so if I'm reading and I'm looking at the words and I got lost, I can't imagine what you guys are experiencing. So I can't read anymore, but it continues on. So here's the problem with all of that. N none of the B's in that description. When you, when you're talking about black things and you don't capitalize the B for the black thing that you're talking about, whether it's black feminism, black people, black women, that is an instant red flag. That is an instant red flag. All the bees need to be capitalized. How can I trust a manuscript written by anybody who dares to write about a community that they clearly do not belong to or understand if they can't grasp the fact that the bee for black things and black people is capitalized? Short answer. I don't. I don't trust it. And after reading that first page, which I've put on, I posted on my Twitter, I'm not going to do the time to... <laughs> to read it now but if you want a good laugh go to demetria l lucas's podcast um ratchet and respectable where she reads it in a national geographic voice the first page hilarious i laughed so hard i was so tickled because that's how it reads it reads like something from national geographic like you remember the old school national geographics <clears throat> where they would like go in and look at like different cultures and stuff like that. And they would talk about them, talk about those human beings, those human people. Like they were talking about those damn jaguars and, 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 and ants and things like that. I'm like, those are people you're talking about. You know that, right? Like we all, this, this, there's, those are humans you're, you're referring to like this. Like, this is strange. That's how Jennifer Buck's books book read the very first page. Um, anyway, so it bothers me that it, I can't trust that. But secondly, the description of this book reeks of the white gaze. And it's, it's the judgment that black feminists and womanists loathe, loathe saying that such a quote, saying such a project will redefine the trap context from one of marginalization to one of joy and flourishing within the black feminist theology. That's a slap in the face. That's a slap in the face <laughs> to black people. <clears throat> You're basically saying that the trap doesn't have joy. As if black joy doesn't exist outside of marginalization. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that black people have been waiting 400 years to be joyful uh, or even longer in, in certain contexts? Could you imagine if we were waiting centuries to be joyful because we were waiting to, for the marginalization to end? Could you imagine? But we don't. We haven't been waiting. Black joy exists and is not contingent upon conditions to be optimal um, for it to not only exist, but to thrive. There's love in the trap. There's family in the trap. There's thriving community in the trap. There's joy in the trap. And only people who sit on the outside with judgmental eyes would think otherwise. Also, side note, and this one is a little bit more petty. What does pairing the phrase bad and bougie with black feminist theology prove other than you heard one Migo song and decided that it would grab the attention of your audience. First of all, anybody who knows bougie bougie knows that you spell it B-O-U-G-I-E. G-I-E, <laughs> -E. not J-E-E. -E. <laughs> 
the only people who spell it that way are like i love gen z please don't skewer me y'all i love y'all y'all know i love y'all but y'all spell bougie b-o-u-j-e-e and y'all are the only ones who do it because bougie has been traditionally spelled b-o-u-g-i-e it is short for bourgeoisie And only the bougie would understand that. And what does bad and bougie in that context mean for anything about black feminist theology or trap feminist theology? What does that even mean? If the girl is bougie, is she from the trap? What are we talking about here? The two don't equate. Anyway, this is how, this is, this is how we know. You see, this is how we know it's starting to add up. The next point, who was Jennifer's audience for this work? (laughs) Who was her audience? Who was going to buy this book? Who's going to read this book? Clearly not black women because we peeped from the gate. Not after Jennifer appropriated an entire movement created because mainstream feminism excluded black women since its inception. White women have used the voices of um, the voices, the community building and the rallying cries of black women within their own movements when they needed them. But up until fairly recently, black women have, when black women have asked for that reciprocity, white women have defaulted to their allegiance to their whiteness, whether it was marching for our lives or vote or voting for our collective best interests. No, she's not writing for black women. So who's she writing this for? Who was her audience? (sighs) Finally, Finally, how dare Jennifer think that she should be have the authority to write about anything in the black community? I don't care academic or otherwise. I got a lot of messages talking about, you know, if black people, I mean, not black people, if people who, if writers stop writing about things that, you know, didn't pertain to them or they didn't, you know, have any insight in you know, like community wise, there wouldn't be any, um, anything to read. And I want to challenge that because one particular person told me, told me that you don't have to have cancer to write about cancer. And I'm like, you're comparing writing about a overall human experience of illness with cancer sucks. Cancer sucks. Cancer can go to hell. Um, so can all those illnesses, but you're taking that experience that it doesn't matter what your racial background or your ethnic background or your local background is, you can still get, have this experience. You're comparing that with a very niche, niche, niche subset <laughs> of, an, of, a, of a community that this person does not belong to. Comparing cancer, comparing writing about cancer to comparing, let me start over, comparing <laughs> writing about cancer to writing about a subset of black women's experiences is bullshit. It's bullshit. (laughs) It does not equate. It does not equate. No, you don't have to have cancer to write about cancer, but you do have to have some type of understanding to give actual good and, 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 and qualified insight on black communities. Like I said, I just read y'all the damn description and she couldn't even capitalize the bees. And her first, like I said, the first page of the book reads like National Geographic. It, 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 she constantly uses the word ghetto and trap. And it feels like a microaggression. That's what it feels like. But people are so focused on, they're so focused on their right to do something that they're not focused on their, if they should do something. 
And it's very, extremely, extremely disappointing and disheartening. And I can't believe we even have to talk about that. I can't believe I have to tell people in 2022 that they should they should employ and support black women academics, black women writers. You can't tell me that there's not a black woman theologian who is working on something similar, who can give b- better voice. In fact, the only voice, the credible voice to this situation. You can't tell me that in Jennifer's, and Jennifer's sphere, that she couldn't find a black voice to this. You can't, you can't tell me. And if she couldn't, then she, that should have been a clue. Hey, maybe I shouldn't write this. How dare she thinks she's the authority on this? Her publishers tweeted, Jennifer Buck seeks to redefine the trap context from one of marginalization to one of joy and flourishing within the black feminist theology. Another lowercase b. Another lowercase b. How can Jennifer redefine the trap? Why is she allowed to? This story is not Jennifer's or any white woman's to tell. This book wasn't for Jennifer to write. Black feminism and black womenist theology belong exclusively to black women. And none of black women's struggles, stories, or successes are meant for white profit. So here are some books. Um... <laughs> If you guys are interested in supporting black women's work on this issue, um, I would suggest Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall, Red Lip Theology by Candace, Candace Benbow. We love you, girl. Um, Sex and the Church Girl by Tracy Lewis Gidgets. We love you, girl. Um, the originator of the trap feminist, the creator, the one who has brought it to inception um, since I believe 2014. This this young woman has been talking about it. Cecily Bowen's Bad Fat Black Girl, Notes from a Trap Feminist. Um, And This Will Be My Undoing by Morgan Jerkins. I encourage you guys to read all of those. Um, Look them up in your library. Get your cues started. Um, But yes, those books were actually written by black women. And they can give you better context, particularly, particularly hood feminism and bad fat black girl. Um, around this particular issue but if you're looking at other newer voices in the feminist sphere I would look at um, the other reads but yeah that's it for this part let's get to the end of the show hey y'all come on in I'm ranting let's talk about it so to everyone who was jumping down ASAP Rocky's throat for cheating on Rihanna How do y'all feel now? Do you feel good? Do you feel smart? Do you feel like important? Do you feel like your tweet made a difference? Um, For those who are unfamiliar, first of all, God bless you um, because you're out here living your life and enjoying it. Um, But yes, for those who are unfamiliar, sometime within the last few weeks, a gossip blogger I know he says that he's a fashion blogger but you got to act like a fashion blogger to to (laughs) be qualified as such because this is straight up gossip um one Louis Via Roma recently tweeted something to the effect of Rihanna was cheated on by ASAP Rocky um and her shoe designer Amita Muadi I just heard it from somebody here you go to which the internet blew up. I'm talking everybody had something to say. Everybody had something to say about this issue. 
from like your favorite Rihanna stand to people who just want to people who just wanted to add to the discourse, I guess. Uh, so yeah, he said Louis Roma in a now deleted with uh, tweet said Rihanna and ASAP Rocky have split. Rihanna broke up with him after she caught him cheating with shoe designer Amina Muadi. Ah, so then everyone had stuff to say. Everyone has stuff to say. This was on um, April 14th. Like I said, a few weeks back. Well, recently, fairly recently, Louis Roma decided that he was uh, going to apologize for this, but not after the damage was, um, not until after the damage was done because all y'all flocked, not y'all, not y'all who listen, but y'all know the proverbial y'all flocked to Amina Muadi's account and harass this woman literally harass this woman every single picture every single post posting nastiness and vitriol and hatred some of y'all even decided to break the law by you know threatening this woman's life this woman that you don't know for these people that you don't know for the situation that you were not a part of you decided that you were going to break the law and potentially face charges um by threatening this woman's life and that's not cool um she posted following all this insanity. I've always believed that an unfounded lie spread on social media doesn't deserve any response or clarification, especially one that is so vile. I initially assumed this fake gossip fabricated by such with such malicious intent would not be taken seriously. However, the last 24 hours, I've been reminded that we live in a society that is so quick to speak on topics, regardless of factual basis and nothing is off limits. Not even during what should be one of the most beautiful and celebrated times in one's life. Therefore, I have decided to speak up as this is not the only, this is not only directed towards me, but is related to the people I have great amount of respect and affection for. While Rye is continuing to live in her serene, best dressed pregnancy life and I go back to business, I wish everyone a beautiful Easter weekend. That's what Amina said, Right. The next day, Louis Villaroma, the person who tweeted the thing, put up a post, you know, with his all black background and white lettering, meaning that this is really serious, y'all. You got to take it very seriously. Hi, all. So I would like to address the situation, the situation that you caused, by the way. Last night, I made a dumb decision. <laughs> Last night, I made a dumb decision to tweet some information that I received. I am not going to talk about sources blame others for a discussion that was started, etc. Because at the end of the day, I made the decision to draft that tweet, press send and put that out with my name on it. So I would like to formally apologize to all parties I involved with my actions and my um, and for my reckless tweets. I fully accept the consequences of my actions for my tweets and any harm they caused. I have no excuse for it. I've been way too wrapped up in Twitter drama and unfortunately leaned into being messy as my brand. I'm sorry, as a brand, which is something going forward, I am going to move away from. I'm going to take some time away from Twitter. So I, I'm sorry to figure out what that looks like and how I can start using my platforms better as I've gotten away from using them for more positive work. Again, I apologize to them for this unnecessary drama. That cease and desist order got in quick, quick. Because let me tell you, Amina was the only one who addressed the situation. And like I said, 
it was probably because of the insanity that's going on. Rihanna is a billionaire. And so she probably has different ways of addressing certain, certain things. And so she's literally on the beach eating fruit, enjoying just being beautiful and, and well-dressed and wealth, just, just wealthy, wealthy life that I, and so many others will never experience just enjoying her life as she should, as she should. Um, just looking glorious. And so, yeah, (laughs) y'all that happened. And when I tell you people, people had flocked to this woman's account, people flocked to this woman's account and harassed her flocked to Rocky's accounts and harassed him. I don't know what was going on with Rai Rai, but like, like I said, she's enjoying her best life. She don't have, she got lawyers for this. And so I'm assuming that that good season desist came through, um, and put Lewis on his back. Like, yo, if you don't cut this out, you're gonna have big problems. Um, but yeah, that happened. And I want to use this as a teachable moment as you know, I did with the Cardi B and that hateful ass blogger that y'all seem to love and want to wind down with. Um, y'all stop talking about these people and stop spreading lies like stop spreading lies stop spreading lies things that you have things that were unfounded when I tell you I found stuff on people's like actual sites about this actual sites about this because one dude with his twitter account tweeted this one thing and everybody just ran with it no research no no messages no text messages no photos it was the same thing with um Solange's baby Solange's son um y'all just ran with it because y'all saw one TikTok and couldn't even like verify if any of those things were real or true y'all just are y'all bored there's so many things to do y'all I'm looking at my house and I'm like there's so many things to do if you're bored go clean (laughs) go do some laundry go read a book there's libraries filled with books go read a book go get lost in a story go watch some Netflix play a video game go go touch grass go breathe I feel like I always end the show like this because it's just like this is this is getting to the point of sheer ridiculousness ridiculousness friends and we could do so much better um, we could do so much better. You know, if, if y'all haven't learned from the Meghan Markles and the, and the Cardi B's and now this whole Rihanna situation, if you haven't learned that these people are celebrities and they, you know, that they fully embrace their celebrityhood, but that doesn't mean that y'all just get to talk reckless about them and spread lies about them. If y'all haven't learned, y'all getting ready to, okay. Let this be a further lesson. Cause I have a feeling there's going to be more. Because why would people just learn from just watching other people and saying, ooh, let me not do that. Why would people do that? Um, but yeah, I, I y'all are hilarious. But someone tweeted below, <laughs> below Louis Villaromas, um, <laughs> below his post. He said, oh, did Rihanna call a deceased and desist on you? LMAO, a deceased and desist. And somebody tweeted below that, a what? <laughs> Y'all be taking me out. And I, 
I deeply appreciate everybody. And that's the show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Thank you for sticking with me. And thank you for letting me have that break and enjoy it. Um, And thank you for joining me on this show, this episode. Um, Don't forget, please, 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 please don't forget if you have time and if you've listened this far, head on over to wherever you're listening to this um to their site and leave me a review let me know how i'm doing drop five stars um and tell me what your thoughts are tell the other people what your thoughts are people read those things and that helps them discover new shows all the time so please 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 don't forget to leave a review that's a free thing that you can do to support your favorite podcasters of which i hope i am i have earned a spot um and if not i'm gonna work a little harder um also Like I said, I'm going to be leaning a lot more into our Patreon community because of various things that are happening across social. Um, And I've got some really decent content coming. Um, Not decent, like, you know, average, but decent, like cool, great, wonderful and and things I'm excited about over on our Patreon. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Whitney Elise. You can find your tier of contribution. There are five different tiers. You could pick one and show your support because while I enjoy creating content, like I said, content takes time and you don't get time back. So um, I appreciate everybody who is supporting me over there. Um, Please, please, please continue to write in to the show. You can write in um, on my, uh, woo, I just had a total, total fall asleep moment. Pray for your new parents. We're tired. Um, you can write to me at the reclaimed blog at gmail.com, which I told you guys the, the baby looks good. Um, I'm actually getting ready to post some new things over there as well. Um, you can also connect with me if you're if you're really, really, really want to connect with me on social. You can connect with me on social at the reclaimed on Instagram or Twitter. You can connect with me as the woke mama on TikTok. Um, and that's it. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. I'm back. Let's talk about the things. Um, And tell me if there's a subject that you guys want to talk about. If you are a black owned business or know of a great one, please send them my way. I would love to highlight them. I love reaching out to my community and talking about it um, and the dope things that you guys are doing. So let me know what's going on over there. Um, And that's it. Y'all stay well. And as always, peace, (laughs) y'all.